This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. Hi everyone. I'm Ken Melvoin Berg. And I'm Sonny Megatron. My voice isn't that deep. And I'm Sonny Megatron. That's not that high and I'm Sonny Megatron. <laughs> and I'm Peter Brady. <laughs> And welcome to episode 42 of American Sex Podcast. And our guest today is Julia Child. (laughs) No, our guest today is awesome. But our guest is not Julia Child. Also, Julia Child is dead, right? I don't know. Is she? (laughs) I think she is. She's old, but I don't know if she's dead. Maybe she's dead. I think she's dead. Google knows. (laughs) Wait, is Julia Child dead? Julia Child died in Santa Barbara. California on August 13th, 2004 from renal failure. She's Julia dead. Julia Childs is dead. Oh, sorry. Been about 14 years. <laughs> so although we're not up on current news with Julia Childs, we are up on current news with things that are happening around the globe with sexuality. First and foremost, this week, there's a strange Canadian professor. He's a psychologist named Jordan Peterson, who said that the solution to stopping the incel terrorist attacks in places like Toronto are enforced monogamy. I would love well, I would love to well, debate this guy. Wait, and I, 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 all the noises, all the noise. I don't even understand. Did I just scramble your brain? Yeah, like, I don't even understand. Okay, enforce, what is enforcement? Is that like arranged marriages? Is it, I don't I, understand. I, I'm not sure. Like, it's, it's sounding to me like a handmaid's tale. It's awful in... I, I mean, if he believed in poly, would it be enforced poly? Like, I, I don't know what his idea here is. I think, though, that it's something along the lines of there has to be two parents, one male, one female, and they have to be monogamous in order to have a family values system set up, which is wrong on every possible level. What's this guy's name again? Dr. Jordan Peterson. Okay. Dr. Jordan Peterson. Eh, wrong. Next. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's get the little uh, spray bottle like we do with yeah. the cats. No. 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 Bad Jordan Peterson. Bad. So how did your week go? Good. I had a mammogram, my very, very first mammogram. And it was pretty cool. I wouldn't say it was pretty cool. I was like, oh, I'm having a blast. But it was a lot less (laughs) traumatic. You would have had a blast, though, Ken, because, okay, I'm sitting there looking down at my boobs, which are rather large. We'll get to that in a second. But I'm looking down at my boobs smashed between these two pieces of plexiglass. And it's like just sticking out straight. Like, imagine the biggest torpedo bra you could. But it's just like my my entire boob, like an utter, like really, you know, my boobs, I say my boobs are so big, not necessarily because they're so 
so big they're just extra long i gotta like pick them up and fold them up and put them in my bra so it was like completely compressed like sticking out in front of me so your bras are over the shoulder boulder holders oh they totally are over the shoulder <laughs> boulder holders <laughs> so are yeah you, are you bigger than an h cup I'm big, and I I will not say because I've discovered this is a highly closely guarded secret that uh, I discovered when I look at my Google Analytics for my website. A lot of people were stumbling upon my website by googling how big are Sunny Megatron's boobs. So just that right there made it like this has to be a secret. It's like locked in a vault somewhere. Actually, you know where it is locked? Where it is locked? I, okay, I went to Bras Galore. This is free advertising for oh, Bras Galore. I know where Patreon.com for anybody that no. contributes over a hundred dollars. Yes. Are you serious? Anybody that contributes over a hundred dollars, hell yes, we'll tell them what your bra size is. Really? Don't you think? I'll think about that. Maybe for a hundred dollars, they have to pinky swear that they'll never tell anyone. Because what if they go and put it on the internet and then everyone knows? Hundred dollars a month, really? Yeah, they'll do hundred dollars once. I'll cancel. Maybe I don't know. For even a hundred dollars, maybe thousand dollars. What's two hundred dollars? <laughs> Do you have a price for that for letting what, people know how big your boobs are? One a hundred dollars for each boob. So two hundred dollars. <laughs> I can assure you though that they are larger than a K cup, and I don't mean a Keurig coffee machine. So yeah, the, it's actually my bra size is is locked into the vault at Bras Galore, which is a great new like. Oh, it's now, not you, that now new. you're going to make people break into Bras Galore. Good job. <laughs> smash their windows one file is missing no browse lore is cool it's on lincoln in chicago and they didn't pay me to say this like i just i went there and i was like oh my god so they give you a file like when you go to the doctor you get your little file folder i have a file folder of like all the information about my boobs and my bra size and all the bras i tried on so every time i go back they can look at my history which is really cool so do they record your areola diameter no no <laughs> it wasn't awesome you're you're imagining like the bow chicka wow wow like lingerie feather pillow fight version of bra which that would be fun but it didn't really wasn't like that okay yeah so yeah we're on episode 42 right wow that's amazing that's that, absolutely that amazing, amazing. And we got to do something special for 45 something anti-trump yeah <laughs> i don't know what yet th- but something we're, anti-trump. we're gonna come up with something we will yeah i definitely think we need to do that so this week's guest is the one the only midori Dan Savage calls Midori the supernova of kink. She is an artistic visionary who has touched lives across the globe with her expertise in sexuality, personal fulfillment, and kinky adventures. Using her head, heart, hands methodology, she facilitates tackling challenging topics and creating space where people are allowed to individual self-exploration. Her incredible passion is fully on display in her transformative small group intensives, including Rope Dojo, Four Day Femme, Women's Dominance Weekend Intensive, and the Wanted Man Intensive with Marsha B. So this conversation, listeners, is going to blow your damn mind. So I will confess, I have a total brain crush on Midori. And after listening to this interview, I'm going to bet that you're going to have a total brain crush on her too. Now, this is especially true if you're either new to role play or sex games or, you know, or maybe you've just been a kinky mofo your entire lifetime doesn't matter. So her perspectives on how to get into sexual role play and how to tap into your inner dominance are absolutely invaluable. And even if you fall more on the vanilla side of the spectrum, and you're just looking to, you know, spice things up a little bit, your romance or flirting or in bed, these gems that Midori drops with us might just change everything. Seriously. And this goes double for those of you that are Avengers fans. But I'll leave that to later. You'll get it. Before we get to our interview, though, we have something to celebrate. 
Oh, yeah? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I got more verses, and we're extra happy because this is a sex podcast, and we officially hit 69 Patreon members. First three, and we can giggle about it because our senses of humor are juvenile because 69. So we wanted to thank the following members of our new family. First of all, Dildo Queen Midori, Stephanie, Bonnie, Zena, and member number 69, Betty. You all joined our Patreon family this past week, and we are so thankful for your support. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. you. We love thank you. you. We love you. <laughs> we are officially at 69 Patreon family members, and we're going to snicker like 12-year-olds because <laughs> 69, dude. We made a bet that we would get to 100 members by July 5th. If we lose, we'll take 100 spanks with one of our most brutal paddles. This is going to be a sadist dream, or is it going to be a nightmare? Because we're spanking <laughs> each other at the same time, so that way we can give each other lick for lick. I think that's the only fair way to do it. Okay. So keep joining our Patreon family, and you may well get to see this happen. And we're going to record it for you, too. Don't worry. Are we going to do it bare-assed? Bare- Oh, it's not pants. It has to be okay. bare-assed. If we're, I don't want my butt on video. I don't know if we're going to video it or audio it, though. Audio. We have to figure the logistics of this. Audio. Then if we're both spanking each other at the same time, are we going to like... Just or video hover? on our faces only. We can have one camera That's what on I was thinking, that we could each hold a cell phone to our faces. So like you could see you behind me spanking me. But then I got to edit that shit together. I'm making this a big chore. I don't know. We'll figure yep. it out. We'll figure okay. it out. All right. So American Sex Podcast Patreon family members. If you become one, you'll get all of our episodes early and a bunch of other perks, one of which is a story about kittens, centrifugal force, and a BDSM scene gone wrong by this week's guest, Midori. I really cried hearing it. It was so funny. And all May Patreon members are getting their very own jar of the Butters personal lubricant provided by PeepshowToys.com. So you can still get in on that by first becoming our Patreon supporter before May 31st, and secondly, by signing up for Peep Show Toys mailing list by texting the word Peep Show to the number 345-345. We are also doing a giveaway this month with Castle Megastore. We're giving away a Dami app-controlled mini wand massager to enter to win. Go to sunnymegatron.com slash Dami and you also get 20% off select items at castlemegastore.com when you use the code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. Peep Show Toys has a couple of other nifty things for you this month, too. Number one, our fans get an exclusive deal on one of my favorite clitoral vibrating toys, the Manta Ray-shaped Mimic by Clandestine Devices. You can get 30 bucks off a Mimic for a limited time when you use code SUNNY. Mimic. That's all one word. S U N N Y M I M I. Wait. S U N N Y M I M I C. Do it fast. S U N N Y M I M I C. Yay! At checkout. Number two, I have another amazingly awesome deal with Peep Show Toys on the best G Spot toy in the universe that also doubles as a prostate toy. It is the Enjoy Pure One. Yeah, you can get it packaged with a jar of the butters at a ridiculous price. Seriously, this is so low, you're going to think it's a mistake. I'll have the link and the exclusive discount code in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com. And number three, this one is free too, and that rhymes. I've teamed up with Peep Show Toys to give away a Fun Ultra Bullet to you and a friend. So two Ultra Bullets. 
So this giveaway is running now on my Instagram, and I'll also have a link for that in the show notes. And as always, friends, you get 10% off everything at peepshowtoys.com when you use the code SUNNY at checkout. Did you get your tickets for the Club Ascension Memorial Day Chicken Barbecue event? It's a weekend of classes in play. Sonny and I are teaching our interrogation class and our sex and humor class. And if you haven't got your tickets yet, make sure you use the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, when you get them and you'll get $5 off your admission fee. Okay, listeners. Okay. Are you ready? Say goodbye to the person you are now. Your whole life is about to change. Your skills in adult play will catapult to expert level. You are going to unlock magical powers that have laid dormant in your soul your entire life, just waiting to be harnessed. The skills that you collectively acquire may together change humankind as we know it. This is a pivotal moment. It- what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what What is up with the voice? Ken. Are you high? Did, are, are you not sharing with me? Like what? If you're if you're holding, give me some because I need a fatty right now. This is this is all natural, Ken. This is all natural. I'll give you a fat. I got two fatties later. <laughs> Braz Galore told me how fatty they were. What the but, fuck is up with your voice? All right, I'm introducing Midori in the new role play character voice I developed after being inspired uh, by our conversation. Now it makes sense. So I think you have a little bit more work to do, but here is Midori. I'm super excited because we have on the line Midori. Listeners, if you do not know Midori, shame on you. You need to. (laughs) She's amazing. And there's so many things I want to talk with you about. And I have to confess, like, I have totally... I don't know, looked up to you, I guess, from afar. Like, you're amazing. I've, you know, seen you teach a couple of times. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So this is a huge thrill. Thank you. You are are literally (laughs) the best best teacher we've seen. Above and beyond anybody, including ourselves, we put you on a pedestal. And we we think we're fucking awesome and we're very cocky about it. And and, and we do. And then we watch you and we're like, we're nothing. We're worthless. (laughs) Fuck life. I hate myself. Uh, well, I, I'm kind of blushing over here. Thank Aww. you. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I really enjoy the perspective that you give to BDSM and kink and all the fun play that we do to, in one respect, take it very seriously, but in another respect, not take it seriously at all and have a lot of fun with it. Yay. So, yeah, one of the things that I, I, you first got on my radar for was your uh, Forte Femme program. Mm -hmm. That sounds amazing. So can you tell us what that is and why it's so damn amazing? Oh, yes. Fort FM. It is a three-day intensive, and I spend it with nine women. I limit it to nine. I'm actually thinking about making it even smaller. Mm -hmm. So instead of focusing on the wacky pokey bindy, which is great, but you can take those classes in a lot of places, a lot of quality places offer good instructions. But instead, we focus on, and it's a women's dominance weekend intensive. So we focus on how to tap into your authentic power source from the bedroom to the boardroom. Mm. And it's so hard. 
I, when I, when I first, cause I, I became kinky later in life. I was like, you know, repressed middle America lights out, fake your orgasms, missionary position, nothing kinky until wow, I was, has life changed for me I for know, the better. I know. Well, in my <laughs> mind, I was a twisted fuck. I just didn't know I could let it out. Um, so it wasn't until my mid thirties that I started really diving into kink and I had a lot of catch up to do. And mm-hmm. at my core, I am a dominant, but it took a long time for me to get there because I'm sure, as you know, as women, we're not taught to be that. No, no. How hard is it to draw that out of women that maybe have never had, I don't know, never been given permission to do that before? It, you know, what's interesting with the women who attend Fort FM is the experience level completely varies. So we can have, of the nine women, we can have women who are, have absolutely no idea what even the letters BDSM stand for. But in the same room, I remember once having, um, and this will happen where there'll be people with decades of experience and, and deep DS relationships, and they feel like they've somehow lost their way. Mm. And so I have them there. And so on one side, on, on one extreme, they're just, if they're absolutely new, they're trying to wrap their head around what is this thing that I've been told that is wrong? On the other side, they're dealing with, I seem to have lost my fire and lost my way. Sure, I know I, I own half of what Stockroom sells, but I'm just not, not lit up by it anymore. Yeah. So what we end up doing for the first day, uh, first half a day is reframing the words that we so casually use and take for granted and remove from it stereotypes, stigma, and assumptions and look at it with clear eyes to be able to clearly, articulately, and honestly identify what we're hungry for in the moment. And is that, I mean, I know you have magic. Is that easy for you to do? Or does this take a whole day of like digging and crying and come to Jesus moments? Like, what is it like? It's not easy. It's not easy. And I think this is why people just end up settling for stereotypes and assumptions. Right? And these assumptions and stereotypes do us no favors. That is true. Right? So we spend a lot of time um, reframing what the terms mean. And what does it really mean to engage in your dominance? What does it really mean to have sadistic appetites? What does it mean to have fetishistic drives? And it also allows the women attending to better understand their partners. And this whole thing is coming from a place of humanistic compassion. Okay, what do you mean by that, from a place of humanistic compassion? So instead of looking at what we, the kinky stuff, as something dark, or potentially harmful, to look at it as a, an extension of the necessary, the necessity of play. Oh, ooh, ooh, That's I tingled, awesome. I tingled, all my hair stood up, because we love play, like framing yeah. BDSM in terms of play. Your definition of BDSM made me like, I wet my pants. Can you ah, tell everyone what your yes. definition of BDSM is? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you like it. <laughs> so my definition of BDSM is childhood joyous play with adult sexual privilege and cool toys. Oh, yes. And the short version is it's cops and robbers with fucking. 
<laughs> I like that one even better. Yeah. 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 Oh, so do you see, cause I, I, you know, find when we teach a lot of students and maybe, maybe they aren't the people who have been in the fetish world for years. Maybe they've just dabbled a little. Maybe mm-hmm. they've done a little 50 shades in the bedroom and bought one of those little bondage kits, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how much of a, I don't know, a light bulb does that set off for people oh, when you explain it that way? It's like a whole Broadway marquee. Ooh. Yeah. It's just like, a forest of Christmas trees all lit up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, you know, and when I say humanistic isn't compassionate, is to one, to look at our desires as not harmful, but just that it's it's play. And as, as mammals, we need play. As right. primates, we need play. And to look at, to be able to look at our mates and instead of going, why is he or she really weird? And why is it that I have to do this thing? And aren't I good enough? And what's wrong with them? Instead of that, it's like, oh, you want to play, Simon says, with, with sex, which is <laughs> essentially DS. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, Ooh, Simon says, I like that. Like, I want, I want to be the brat that, even though I'm not really submissive, but I would yeah. like to be the brat that goes, "Didn't say Simon says." Exactly. <laughs> now that would be fun, you know. Simon says is a DS game. <laughs> I like. I that. think we actually need to do that. Coming yeah. Up at our next event. Oh my god, get a bunch of submissives and like uh-huh. sadistic Simon says. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah. That is yeah. happening. What do you mean uh, to? I mean, the children's kids, Simon says, that's straight up sadistic. It is. Yeah. I was it really say, is. It's really not a change. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, unless I say Simon says suck my dick and then like, I don't know if that's cheating. I don't know. That. Depending on what kind of kid you are. <laughs> no, not kids. You sicko. What are you? <laughs> no, I'm talking when you were a kid playing with other kids. I'm talking about adult naughty. Oh, no, Simon no. Says. This conversation went in a way different way. <laughs> Suddenly got dark. Edit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So wait, I have a one, yeah. one really quick question. Yeah. I've been trying to be quiet for the for the most part, but I have a like. There's one compelling thing. Why the 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 like the smaller class size? Well, because we go through every single attendee's um, history and we and and current desires, and every single person gets to find out what their melange of style of dominance and topping is. And in order to do that, I need to be able to listen. I mean, not just with my ears, but with my whole being. Mm-hmm. I get it. So just more attention to detail. Absolutely. And also, uh, the attendees support one another. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. So the smaller yeah. class size enables better learning. So it's like group BDSM dominant therapy in, in a sense, part of it. Yeah, and and the the women end up using the skills that they acquire in Fort FM in all aspects. I mean, yes, to have hot sex and to be able to understand our partner's needs and to to be able to understand our needs and create hot play. But also, I've had one student who. Oh, and by the way, we have an alumni society. Oh, very really? Active. It's fantastic. All of these remarkable women that get together. And, you know, it can just be getting together for a glass of wine or coffee. Sometimes it's going to, uh, some party together. There was a whole group of them that went to, went to France for the Versailles ball. Really? Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And we have reunions in a lot of places. Um, the, the New York group get together and they have a good time. The DC group is very organized, of course. The San Francisco. (laughs) 
very organized, yeah. And the San Francisco ones, they're they're having a good time. Um, but yeah, and they support one another. It's fantastic. Aww. So I love the alums. So when yeah. you when you you know sit together with these small groups of women, really digging deep, do mm-hmm. you find that there are certain I don't know common themes or common denominators that they have as maybe blocks in their sexuality and relationship or blocks in, you know, things that they have to overcome in their dominance or or whatnot. Are there common themes and what are they? Okay. So some of the common themes that I've noticed, one is um, if their partner has had more time to research online, Mm -hmm. they rely on their partner exclusively for information and their partner may be just as misinformed. Right. Right. Or, uh, I will also hear about, well, let's see, I'm, uh, they've asked me to do X, Y, and Z. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't understand what's in it for me. It feels like a chore. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's when I really challenge them on know your hunger. Know what it is that you're hungry for. Know what it is that feeds you. Uh, there's another, another common block where they assume that they're supposed to be like the, the porno screaming she banshee model of dominant all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Where I actually encourage them to attend the whole weekend, um, the instructional time in fuzzy slippers, pajamas, onesies, yoga pants. I don't care. Right. And we have Saturday night dinner and field trip. And for that, if you wish, please dress up to have a change of mood. And on the Sunday lab, I encourage people to wear whatever makes them feel fantastic. Yeah. And so the balance of being able to like slump on the couch versus striding authoritatively across the bedroom. We get to have different moments. We're not two-dimensional. So, But some people get attached to, and this includes the partners as well, that that we are supposed to be this like one-dimensional dominant as opposed to a complex human being and a remarkable woman with many facets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean by compassionate, to be compassionate to ourselves. I like this. So now, all right, I want to take that. We're going to take a break, but after we get back. I want to be a woman now. This sucks. <laughs> I I can, it sounds like good for Honey, <laughs> I can get you some lipstick and some heels and make you one for a night. <laughs> all right, let's do it. All right. <laughs> Am I Ken Stina again? Yes. We, we did Mommy Dearest where I was, I was Joan Crawford and he was Ken Stina. And I beat him with a hanger and dressed him in a little blonde wig and a skirt. It was so cute. Oh. Yeah. I, that's you're the only one that I, I feel would do that special. For, so yeah, have. you're you're like I, mean, I know I'm very toppy, very but toppy, like, I don't but... mind like having you hit my. I started off as a Aww. submissive. I'm just a really bad submissive. It's not that I don't have submissive tendencies. I'm just not good at it. Well, I'll help you, Ken. All right, anytime I love you. you want. I love you, mommy dearest. Oh, <laughs> all right. So speaking of mommy dearest and Kenstina, this is a great transition. After a break, I want to talk about role play and and some real usable stuff. Like let's say. There's a, a couple listening to the podcast right now and they're like, look, I want to do role play in the bedroom, but every time we do it, we feel silly. How do we get past that? So that's what we're going to address right when we get back from the break. Hey, psst, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? 
Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American Sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American Sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift, too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle mega store when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water that was the best orgasm ever Midori since we have you and your brilliant brain I want to tap into it because one of the the biggest questions or problems, I guess, that that couples come to us with that are just like starting to get playful in the bedroom and experimenting with kink and role play is like, look, I feel silly role playing. You know, we try, I put on a wig once in a funny costume and we just never got anywhere and we felt stupid. We don't even know how to begin. So how do those people start to dip their toes into the water of of role play? Okay. All right. Role play. So, um, now I just said my definition BDSM, right? Childhood mm-hmm. joyous play with adult sexual privilege and cool toys. It is that. It's also about keeping your inner eight year old alive. Mm. Because we were all at one point eight. Right. I certainly hope we were. Okay. Right. Yes. Um, time moving in one direction here. All right. <laughs> so when we were eight years old or 10 or whatever, we were absolutely geniuses at the make believe. Yeah. Absolute geniuses. You know, give a kid a box of crayons and an old cardboard box that the flat screen came in. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I used to make spaceships out of them. Yeah, the refrigerator boxes. Oh, the best, the best, right? Um, So it's keeping the spirit of the eight-year-old, which is the source. This is the secret eternal well of creativity. This is what Silicon Valley thrives on. Is So what I'm teaching... Okay, whether for FM or role play, is actually the the fountain of youthful creativity. I love that. My mind is going like, oh, it's tingling. Like if I had a thing hooked up to my brain, it would be sparkling. Because oh. I just thought to myself, like I'm thinking to into my own life, like back before I was kinky when I was in corporate America. Mm-hmm. I, I dealt with like budgets and numbers. So people would come into my office and cry. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not an intimidating, gonna make you cry person. So I had 
toys on my desk. I mm-hmm. had little hot, you know, little teeth that chatter and little finger puppets. I had little nuns and monsters and we just play games with the toys. I'm scared of nuns. I know. (laughs) Like, we'd play games with the toys so I can get them out of their, like, oh, my God, we're talking about numbers and I might get fired headspace. And it works. So it's like, is that what we're tapping into? Yeah. Okay. So, hey, let me ask you guys. When you were kids, all right, uh, before puberty, what did you, what kind of, how did you play? What did you do? Like, me, um, I loved to draw and I loved to, I loved reading books, but particularly like, um, uh, Sherlock Holmes and I read like, uh, Jules Verne. Mm-hmm. It's all in Japanese, of course, but, and, um, oh my God, uh, when I visited my cousins in, in America, you know, they had cats, which I wasn't allowed to have cats in my apartment and I would play with the kittens and we're great. Um, I'm crazy cat lady after all. Uh, <laughs> but, and, you know, I was kind of a timid little child, but I used to play kitty jail. <gasps> and the laundry basket, you know, the plastic round laundry basket. Yeah. And Someone would, else used to play kitty jail, but keep going. <laughs> uh-huh. And I would flip it upside down. There'd be the kitty. And uh, and I would put the kibble right outside it. So kitty had to go meow and reach it. And, you know, I wasn't, and, and I'm... I'm sitting on top of the basket wondering why I'm doing this, but it was kind of fun. <gasps> That's and it's funny because I feel like such a weirdo. Right no, now because, mm-hmm. no, I was reading well, theoretical physics and Come like on, reading H.P. Lovecraft when I was a kid. Lovecraft. No. That's great. Well, no. Yeah. And I was like role playing scary monster in outer space kind of stuff. Oh, like, you know, I used to signal at the using my flashlight out my apartment window from mm-hmm. my bunk bed. I would signal the aliens. okay we're on the same way then i don't feel so weird anymore (laughs) and and i would signal the aliens and then i would suddenly get really scared because they would see that i was there and they would show up except i'm in the middle of tokyo oh wow where there's nothing but light pollution (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness yeah and it's like it's funny because when i think back to the things i used to play when i was a kid and now i think of my bdsm play style it's very similar like I would play, I had a whole entire doctor's office and like fake little vitamin pills and a shelf and a waiting room. Like I had the whole thing and I would experiment, you know, not dirty, but it was this coming from that same sort of spirit, right. you know. You also and, had your Barbie fantasy. Uh, yes. Thing. And I was going to get to Barbie fantasy. That was a little later, but I did do with the kittens. I did like that. I trap did them in really? things. Oh yeah. I also Kitty did, jail. I did, yeah. I did cat, kitten centrifugal force. When I learned about oh. centrifugal form, oh, it's horrible. And I was like, it's okay, kitty, you'll be fine. So you were a kitten juggler? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. I took the cat in, in an Easter basket, like with a big, big handle, oh, right? No. And so I took the cat and I just went like, whoo, in big circles. My arm, And I was just like, it's okay, little kitty. If we go fast enough, you'll stick inside that basket and you won't fall. I never dropped a cat once. I just did that to Lola the other day. Our old, my 18 year old cat, I put her in my office chair and spun her around in circles. Yeah. So. And then she gets off and she's dizzy and she wants to do it again. Yeah. But but yeah, my, my Barbies, my Barbies, and I've talked about this before, but I had 13 Barbies in one can and me and my friend would make like, it's the end of the world and they'd have to repopulate the earth. And there were, there was one or two dominant, uh, primarily lesbian Barbies that fucked all the other Barbies and kept them as slaves. And, uh, but then they would make the other Barbies fuck the, the Ken that they had tied up. They like, I don't know, we're just using him for Are his sure sperm. sure this wasn't Dark Odyssey Fusion? I know, I know. <laughs> and now it's like, I, for years I was like, what was wrong with me when I was, you know, playing with him? And now I'm like, it makes sense. This is what I do in the dungeon. Like, it's uh-huh. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And there's this Japanese saying, the spirit of the three-year-old till the age of 100. Oh, that's brilliant. So if I were talking to this this listener, I would say, okay, so start talking with your sweetie about what we did for fun when we were kids and how we could make it a bit dirty. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So instead of kitten jail, well, I think it might be boyfriend jail. (laughs) I like that. Can I put you in a basket and spin you around, Ken? If you are capable of spinning me, you're more than welcome. You know, to. I'll I, figure out something <laughs> daring to do to you. Some just daring not use the chair experiments because, like, I'll, I'll just, like, do get to you. Vomit and throw up. Yeah, don't. I don't like not into rides. that. No. <laughs> you know, that's what a tarp is for. Well, that's, that's true. true. I mean, we, we could do spinning <laughs> rainbow play if that's what you want. Spinning rainbow play ending with something. Sexy. I did used to like those spinning splatter paintings. So you know. So so see how much we started to talk about ideas just by asking yeah. Yeah. to do for fun. Okay, so that's one thing, right? Then the second thing is, it is silly. Just accept that it's silly. It's it's goofy, it's silly, but it's, this is a time that we don't have to worry about adulting. Because adulting sucks. Yep. Right? Then here's another awesome trick. All right, let me play with one of you guys. Okay. So, if I were a trapeze artist, oh, well, I'm taking this who one. would you be? <laughs> I would definitely be the clown because this is actually a fantasy of mine. Oh, and then what kind of clown? Uh, definitely a uh, classic circus clown with a little bit of John Wayne Gacy thrown in. Okay. So what kind of uh, trapeze artist am I? Uh, you're definitely wearing a skin-tight spandex suit, uh, dark green to match your hair. And, um, really severe makeup, uh, you know, with like the little, like, like vajazzled on the, like the eyebrows and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to make you look a little bit shinier. Am I a nice trapeze artist? Or no. Am I an evil trapeze artist? <laughs> you're an evil trapeze artist. You're an <laughs> evil trapeze artist. <laughs> you're incredibly mean, yes. That can harness oh. centrifugal force. <laughs> yes. Oh, she's really good at centrifugal force. Of course yes. she is. She's a trapeze yes. artist. Okay. Here's another one. If I were a princess, what would you be? Me or Sonny? Either of you. You can take this one, Sonny. I'd be another princess. <laughs> oh. And what kind of princess are you? Mm, let's see. I'd be the controlling kind of stepsister princess, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And who who am I to you? Um, sort of the Cinderella princess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so I'm I'm a bit of a goody two shoes, am I? A bit of a goody two shoes, uh-huh. but you know, I have a lot more privilege than uh-huh. you do, uh-huh. <laughs> and I oh. can tell you what to do or get you in trouble. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. Mm-hmm. And what if I what if I did as you told me? Hmm. Well. I would reward you. I would How? reward you. How? Hmm. Let's see. Maybe I wouldn't. How about that cute squire that that serves you? Oh, yeah. That would be a nice reward, right? Not not as many punishments and some rewards. Maybe have you spend some time together, or you know. Maybe the make two him. two of us could play with him. Hmm, that would be awesome. I like this. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. But you would always be trapped in the tower. Like, you could never really leave. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I let you have fun sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, I think part of the fun is, is uh, um, instead of waiting for when we actually have sexy time mm -hmm. to just like randomly, you know, maybe we're driving to the grocery store and maybe the kids are even in the back of the car mm. and just, you know, just, just kind of throw out, I'm an elephant. What are you? You know, just randomly throw things out. And kids right. just think, you know, whatever, you know. The parents are being right. They're being, being silly and childish. Except we know that we're signaling to each other and getting. And what you're doing is is getting used to. Um, you're a this. I'm a that. Okay. Right. So if the kids aren't in the car and we just happen to be, you know, um, uh, on the deck having wine and a barbecue, you know, just just chilling out. It's not sexy time, but I would just randomly turn to you, say, um, okay, I'm a rodeo clown. What are you? <laughs> okay. All right. I like this. Right. And just get used to the back and forth. Yeah. Without any commitment to play, but making it just kind of a, a little witty banter. And when we do have the opportunity and the kids aren't there and, you know, I tell you that I'm a princess. Who are you? You tell me you're the evil princess. Mm -hmm. And then we start talking and it turns into a flirtation and it turns into, oh, wow, you want to do that to me? Really? Well, what do I get out of that? So it's, it's, it's basically, flexing your creative role play muscles until you build them up to the point where you can comfortably and enjoyably use them. Yeah. So don't wait until it's actually playtime to put that wig on. Yes, you'll feel silly because you don't have a practice of, um, it's essentially erotic improv. Yeah. And then what do they say with improv? You're like, you say yes, and then, and then you add and, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, granted there's consent, but we're going to get to that in a minute, but yeah. yeah. Okay, I like this. I do too. All right, listeners, you have you have an assignment. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I think we're going to change tune a little bit, and we're going to go on. And we were uh, we were having lunch with you earlier today. We talked about a really fascinating subject, and I want to talk about engaged collaborative consent. Can you tell us a little ah, bit about that? Because it's yes. brilliant. Thank you. Um, all right, so we've been t uh, you know there's been a lot of good discussion around consent, a lot of you know opening our eyes around it, and. And I know many of people have been talking about enthusiastic consent, but that's so last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, it's out of fashion. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think it's time for us to start thinking in terms of engaged collaborative consent. So what's the difference? Okay. So enthusiastic consent implies that, that I, I need to be enthusiastic about the thing we're talking about. Okay. But what if I don't know what it's like to be at what it's like to be hit with a squid. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I don't know what it's like to have clown sex. Right, right. It's I don't know. Yeah. How can I be enthusiastic about something that that I don't know or I'm maybe a little bit nervous about? Right. And if I'm not like, woohoo, jumping up and down, yeah, that's a definite yes. If I'm not that and I I'm unsure of my thrill on the, the thing we're going to do. Mm -hmm. 
is it really enthusiastic consent? And if it's not enthusiastic consent, am I doing it wrong? Do I need more experience? Except how am I going to get experience and figure out what I like if I don't have a chance to take a risk? Now, I, I don't have to even know or have experience in that thing we're going to do, but I can be engaged in it. Okay. And in fact, I might be neutral about the thing that you proposed, but I'm really into you. Mm, yeah, I've been there a lot. Like, right? that's not necessarily my thing. Our second date. Or ma- yeah, or maybe <laughs> I've never done it before, but I really dig you. I, I, you know, it makes me happy when you're happy with stuff. So I want to engage in it with you, even if it's not like, oh, yeah, that thing. And you did, yeah. re- and you did really great with that. She was submissive yeah. with me for like, Five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it was, no, it was really fun though that, that you tried no, it, was it like and you did. It was dates, I think. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It was not just five minutes. I mean, yeah. I'm being facetious, but I, I, you know, that definitely was engaged collaborative consent because we talked about what we were going to do and you didn't know what to expect. You didn't know what role you wanted to be in. So you started when I just. I didn't know the bottom of your boots tasted so gross. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your I, face. I, I wish like, I had oh. the picture of your face on Instagram <laughs> the moment that you, your tongue went out and reached the bottom of my boots. <laughs> Well, that was one of my favorite memories of you. you know, hopefully like, my memory doesn't go like that stays in my memory, but nothing else. You will. know, it's like I it, it's like I tell my kids, like when you're trying new food, like at least give it a taste. <laughs> like, don't yeah. just go no, because it looks weird. Give it a little, just a little tiny taste. And then if you don't like it, be like, all right, at least I gave it a chance. I exactly. hate the thing and I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, the, and then you might actually like it. Right. Right. Um. So there's the engaged part. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, it's kind of like Dan Savage GGG. Um, in a, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. Um, which is what? Explain that. Um, good game and giving or something like that. Okay. Okay. Because uh, yeah. the only GGG I know is German Goo Girls, which is like a German, like Bukaki fetish. You know, hey, <laughs> no, try that too. No, no, that, no, not that. Not, yeah. Um, so the engage part is, hey, you know what? I want to do this with you. I might not know what it is, or I might know exactly that this is what I want to do, and therefore I'm engaged in the experience. Um, so engage collaborative consent actually focuses on the people instead of the activity. Okay. Yeah. And so the collaborative part is, okay, Sonny, you're going to be topping and I'm going to be bottoming, Mm -hmm. but let's come up with this together, just like we did with the two princesses. Right, right. So you said, oh, you know, I get punished, but I'm like, if I followed the rules, what do I get? Ah. And and you made a suggestion, and then I said, well, what about that boy? Yeah, and then the story went further and further. Exactly. And and clever way to involve Ken suddenly in this. Right. Yes, the squire tied to the base of the bed. <gasps> oh my god, it's like my Barbie fantasies come true. Yeah. <laughs> god, it so, all comes full circle. Exactly. So we've got engaged. Uh, so in other words, I'm really, I, I'm game for trying this. And I'm, I'm in this and you're in this together. And it might not work out the way we planned. It might turn out to be even better or worse. We don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this adventure mm-hmm. and collaborative, meaning that all parties get to have a part in creating this. In fact, it's all parties responsibility to, to uh, make the suggestions and make the vetoes. Right. That's amazing. That, yeah. And that makes it so much sexier too. 
It really mm-hmm. does. It really does. Because mm-hmm. it's a team effort at that point. It's not just agree- like blanket agreement. Right. Or like, yeah, yay, about everything. I'm so totally excited because you might not be. I mean, it doesn't mean you, because you're not like 110% excited, it doesn't mean it's a no. It just means it's a like, I don't know what to expect. I guess, sure, I'm willing to try it, but you know. Yeah. yeah, it's like going on a roller coaster, right? I mean, there's a point in which as I'm standing in the line for the roller coaster, I want to, but I'm scared. Right, right. And there's that moment when the roller coaster is going up, 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 and I'm like, oh my God. What what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I guess for us too, you know, we are very heavy psychological players and we don't really enjoy our BDSM unless there is a little bit of element of fear, a little bit of like, you know, kind of like, all right, this is great. Wait a minute. Like that moment of like, what the fuck did I get myself into? The butthole pucker factor. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like, we'd like to bend people, but we don't want to break them. We just right. want to bend them a little. Like, we want to uh, challenge them and make I, it, like, I take like, them outside of their box. I like putting that little seed of doubt into their heads. Like, you know, that moment of, what the fuck did I just get myself into? Wait a minute. Oh, you know, sure. to me, that's the, the meat of it right there. That look of, like, oh, shit. You know? And then the look of relief when they're like, oh, cool we just did a loop-de-loop on the roller coaster that was awesome and then it's like they climb up the big hill and then we're back to oh shit you know yeah and again with the centripetal force yes oh my god (laughs) theme of the day (laughs) oh yeah so i i really like that definition it just seems to make so much more sense so thank you for gracing the world with that yay i want to get that concept really out there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah because, you know, if somebody says, you know, oh, anything, then it's boring. Yeah. And I have to work really hard. And then it's like a chore. Right. And, oh, anything. Well, give me some parameter here. Yeah. Those are kind of the worst people to play with. Like, what, what do you want to do? Whatever. Whatever you want. You know? Yeah. 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 Collaborative. That's the key. Uh-huh. So now when we were talking about Forte Femme, Ken mm-hmm. was a little jealous. <laughs> Yeah, and like, like what, what about the guys? Yeah. So is there anything for people who are male or masculine identified that's similar to Forte Femme? Well, actually, I've got two things. One is uh, two things coming up for guys. And when I say guys, I'm masculine identified. Okay, so masculine identified folks who first one is called the wanted man. Okay. The Wanted Man. I co-present this with the fabulous Marsha B. Oh, mm-hmm. she's amazing. Yeah. And this is not about kink. It's about being an exquisite lover in the, in the gorgeous vanilla sense. How to be that guy that, especially in a long-term relationship, and it's for men who sex with women, how to be that guy that is wanted and the guy that she longs for. It is, see, so many really, really great guys are trying to shake off the, the cultural social expectation, the, the old misogynistic toxic masculinity expectation, mm-hmm. right? You try to shake that off. The, the alternative that's offered is the, the super woo new age guy. Right. That is, is always the friend, but never the lover. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and we've talked to many uh, really fabulous guys who've worked really hard to understand boundary and consent and all of that, and they tell us that they feel somehow let down or cheated on for all their efforts because it seems like the gals are still going for the douchey dudes. So this is the antidote to the pickup artist. Okay. Okay. So either either you become a sleazy pickup artist in cell or you go to Midori and Marsha B's class. Yeah. <laughs> and you get so it together, I have a question right? though. Can you still be a bad boy and get something out of that class? Not a pickup artist, but a bad boy. Well, it's about um, knowing when to be the good guy and when to let the bad boy out. Ah, so you mm. can. Okay. Yes. It's about not having to be entirely one or the other and not having to sacrifice your innate humanity. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Because not, nothing in nature is a singular. There's like, like, Mm-hmm. multiple aspects to everything i think like mm-hmm. when you think of like energy for example it's um something that we can turn on we can turn it off we can harness it in so many different amazing ways that i think this is just it, it's a way to turn on and off the different aspects of masculinity yeah, it's, it's kind of like being dr strange and knowing exactly how to bend time and space i just got a boner <laughs> you made a dr strange reference oh my god <laughs> If you end this with Wakanda forever, I'm going to cry and come at the same time. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, see, yeah, one of my um, Marvel hero, though, is is Phil Coulson. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the kind of leader I want to be. That And he is just freaking amazing. Like the, the mind behind that guy and the organizational skills and like, he's really like a puppet master without being, you know, superpowers. And yet he's really, really tender with his crew. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So Phil Coulson, my man. Nice. That's awesome. I bet. And I'm thinking too, I bet you now with the movie coming out, there's a lot of like Avengers role play going on and I sure as hell hope Hope so so, because Black Widow so cool yeah yeah that moment when she's like held captive by the 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 uh evil fascist and she takes the phone on her shoulder and says um i'm kind of working right now yeah yeah (laughs) oh my god yeah so she's so cool and of course the cat suit and the boots yeah yep yep so and then the other program for the guys is called the leading man and this is the the masculine version of Fort FM. Okay. This is about tapping into the your your true masculine dominant archetype without taking on the stereotype of being a jerk. Mm. That's awesome. So, you know, we were just talking about like, you know, Phil Coulson and all of that. Um so, you know, are you Doctor Strange or are you Thanos? Are you um Sherlock Holmes or are you Aquaman? Uh, yeah, Aquaman. Ken is always, I'm always Aquaman. Aquaman. That's like I'm, <laughs> or, yeah, I'm an Aquaman which, guy. Which James Bond are you? Or which Batman are you? And yeah, so I I, I will be going through a whole process with with the guys about. How to find that leadership that truly speaks for you. Now, w- there was this, um, 
and I was working with some of the guys on on a little bit of beta testing on this because this is a whole new program, mm-hmm. right? And this really super nice guy who's very gentle, and I started to draw it out of him. So if you would bring out, if you really played like how you want to, what's inside of you? If I, who really like you, want you to be that secret you, tell me about your secret identity. And then this very gentle guy was like, well, I'd be aristocratic, kind of cold, with an objectifying gaze. I'm like, oh yeah? So how does he sit? And then this fellow's sitting posture just changed. He went from the sweet best friend material mm-hmm. to the cold, calculating um, Dorian Gray-like character. Ooh. And then I said, okay, tell me about what kind of place he lives in. What's your mansion like? Walk me through it. Is Are there any hidden rooms? Tell me about your hidden rooms. Walk me into it. So this is kinky character development, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so for the rest of the weekend, whenever I wanted him to feel that surge of power, I would look at him and said, all right, sir. And he would just sit up straighter. It would just, it was like a boom right there. Wow. Yeah. Because it was okay for him to, to have a part of himself that was this cold masculine character because he was a really warm guy. Right. And he was struggling with that, that inconsistent, seeming inconsistency. So then, all right. My last question about this, because I'm, I'm wondering then, when you are helping these guys or even in the, in the Forte Femme program, you know, whoever mm-hmm. you're teaching, tap into that, I don't know, character or that, uh, alternate persona that's really their hidden kinky selves. Is there, uh, does any of that ever come out in like the daytime or is this all like once we've said go time, you know, the curtains go down and only these qualities come out in the bedroom? <sighs> No, no. Once you get familiar with all your, your, your true inner power archetypes. Uh huh. Okay. They, you, once you get familiar with them, you can call them forth as needed. So in Fort FM, I've had, uh, uh, like in the power stance that we do, uh, I call the Queen's Walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. You can use it in the bedroom. And I also have several students who use that to, to, put out a request and the necessity of a raise. There was this one Fort FM alum who used her queen's walk and her calming voice to advocate for her special needs child with the school di- uh, school district. Wow. That's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, it was you, really amazing. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like you're some like master superhero trainer that like <laughs> seriously that like you're training people to tap into their secret hidden uh I'm, attributes I'm, and I'm talents Phil Coulson. And, say, yeah. she's Phil Coulson. oh my god she this totally. is a whole full circle <laughs> conversation right here oh my god i'm phil colson oh. I, I i find the inhumans that don't know their talent maybe they're even afraid of their talent oh i love this i'm gonna yeah. cry a little yeah. oh. and see there's a thing about getting comfortable with our monsters um, I refer to my monster, but, but we, in our shadow side, our dark side, maybe it's a beast, maybe it's a monster, maybe it's a, it's a feral 
creature. Maybe it's it's a narwhal. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's, yeah. um, there's something monstrous of yourself, right? Something that is is not civilized. Mm. And if we we spend our time denying it and hiding it, if we deny and don't feed our monsters, what happens? We wither they, and die. I don't know. They eat us. No, what happens? They eat us. They eat us. They, they eat, eat us. us. Oh, God, that's everything. so true. Oh my God, I just had like a my brain just. You're right. That very thing that we fear will happen because we starve the monster and deny it. It will come up like Frankenstein's monster, and it will devour us. On the other hand, if we actually get familiar with our monster and let it out to play in its little monster run, its little dog park, right? And maybe we have it on a short leash to start with. And maybe it pulls us a little harder than we're comfortable. But we let that monster out and play enough and we get familiar with it. What happens is that when we most need it, that monster will stand between us and the enemy. Oh. Wow. God, does Bruce Banner need you? He had that that Hulk tile dysfunction. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See what happens when you don't. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, all right. Where can people who are listening who just, when they heard you talk, like the, the uplifting superhero music was playing in the soundtrack of their minds, where can they learn more about this? Where can they learn about Forte Femme? Where can they learn about your other programs? Where can they find you? Give us all the stuff. Okay, all the stuff. Forte Femme is at ForteFemme.com. Uh, my, all, I have all my classes listed uh, and my calendar and special programs listed at fhp-inc.com. I know that's a little bit clumsy, but it stands for Firehorse Productions Incorporated. Uh-huh. Yep, that's my company. Right. Um, I'm born on the year of the Firehorse. Oh. So, yeah, Asian Zodiac. Uh, my social media is all under Planet Midori. Okay. Yep. And cool. I even have a Patreon. And that focuses on my artwork, which we didn't talk about, but yeah. There's so many, so many sides to you. There is. And, and for anyone listening, if they didn't get those links, I'm going to have all of those links in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com. And a little birdie told me, and the birdie's name is Modori. You told me that there's, <laughs> there's something special for, for, for listeners who are interested in Forte Femme. What would that be? Yes. If they go and register for Forte Femme, there is a special discount code and it is sunny, lowercase S-U-N-N-Y. And they can get, because I love you guys, a uh, hundred bucks off registration for, yeah, the July Forte Femme in New York or the August Forte Femme. In San Francisco. So awesome. no matter what coast you're on, or even if you're in the middle, then you can choose, but you can do both. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And, and again, you know, listeners, I'll have that in my show notes and I'll actually have that in my show notes for a few weeks up until the event. So if you happen to miss it or you're like, what week was that? What they talked about it? Just visit my show notes over the next couple of weeks and I'll have it in there. So yay. Wow. wow. This Midori, has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you guys. And, and, I love this town. The food is so good. Right? Oh That's why God. we're so fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to get to hang out with you guys. Oh, it was yeah. awesome hanging out with you as well. Yes, we yeah. need to do it more. But for now, the listeners, we, we must go, listeners. So 
Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.